Hello. Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 383. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. I've got Adrian O'Petty with me. Yo. Hi, Lawrence. It's me. Uh, some of the top stories this week include Remedy is remaking Max Payne 1 and 2. If, if anyone remembers the Max Payne series, it's been a long time since the third one, which I think was Rockstar themselves, right? PS3 at the very least, and it was Rockstar, I yeah. I never played the third one. I played all the first one and a part of the second. Uh, I put this in here for myself. Crystal, Crystal Dynamics announces the next Tomb Raider, and it's going to be built on the Unreal Engine 5. Guardians of the Galaxy devs say it's finding its audience after a slow start. And then finally, PlayStation president says more acquisitions are coming. Very ominous. Uh, we're going to start with what we're playing. Adriano, what are you playing? Oh, what am I playing? Uh, some Overwatch with you and Marty. I yeah, the anniversary remix volume one, which is kind of confusing in some of its messaging. We they're taking previous skins from all flavors of events from Halloween and Christmas and so on. And they're remixing them with uh, different uh, primary, secondary colors um, instead of so in, they didn't do the traditional archives event this year. They actually skipped right over and went to anniversary. And it sounds like they're going to be doing these from here on out, at least until Overwatch 2, because what was the line in the in the press release? Um, earn skins for Overwatch 2. But Correct. You, we were confused about that because it's like we thought all skins were rolling forward, so aren't all skins for Overwatch Two? And then the way it was phrased, you pointed out that uh, you said maybe you can't. Um, once you get to Overwatch Two, you can't unlock any more Overwatch skins. Those are just set. Those are locked out. But everything unlocked maybe rolls forward. That's how. Because it said <clears throat> it said earned skins will be in yeah. Overwatch Two. Yeah. So maybe. I might have to go buy a shit ton of loot boxes and get those get all existing unlocks done before I switch over to to uh, Overwatch Two. That'd <laughs> be amazing. You just dump a bunch of money, or you know, you're just gonna play that the hell out of it, right? Um, whatever I have to. If 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 I'm told oh that it, if I'm told that I'm not getting a skin if I go over to Overwatch Two from Overwatch, that would either force me, that might actually force me to buy some loot boxes, get some currency, and just brute force my way to. No, uh, here's what we do every Sunday: we just play some Overwatch One. I'm down. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Um, I went back and did some more inscription. That game is still uh, bothering me on a level in which I can't describe. It's a uh, good though, right? It, yeah, it's good. It's it's a it's warm and welcoming <laughs> at the same time, very cryptic and foreboding. It's very it's it's weird playing that game because I actually love like just grabbing a cup of coffee and like grabbing a blanket and just saying, I'm going to try to do a run in this, but it's your fit. You're sitting, you're sitting across this faceless figure and just trying to beat him. It's really, it's well, really that's kind of creepy. Yeah. The, the game, I think I went through what the premise of the game is, right? With on this, Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, if it's on sale and you think you can, you know, play it, you can just kill an hour or a week or whatever and just try it. It's, uh, it's really fun. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead and I'll come back. Um, Dead Space 3. Uh, like I said, I'm on a survival horror kick, even though Dead Space 3 is not really survival horror. Um, I'm eh, playing, it kind of is. I, I call more action horror than anything. Yeah. Uh, like, like I call this an Alan Wake action horror. I don't even call Alan Wake survival horror. Um, 
uh, I'm playing Dead Space Three because uh, we they they had shown uh, they talked about the Dead Space remake. In fact, I actually watched some an alpha gameplay video of the Dead Space remake. The the developers released an alpha uh, video with some stuff. <clears throat> so, and I'm really excited for that because what they showed was they they're putting the act the voice actor who plays uh isaac in two and three they're putting the retroactively putting his voice in the first game because he's actually a mute character in the first game he doesn't even talk right so and they they are showing how they're recording lines in three different states in a calm in a somewhat uh flustered state and a somewhat and then in an exhausted state so depending on how you how you're doing it they're his voice line and his heartbeat is actually going to come through differently you think that's going to change the vibe having him talk probably will like and I'm fine with it if they want if they want to take liberties with it that that's that's what a remake is for. Um, I I would hope that they do a little bit with it because the the games like if if they decide they're going to do Dead Space Dead Space Two and Dead Space Three again, and if they take liberties with them and make them more concise and more relatable to each other, I'm fine with that. Like I like like the the first three original games feel very are well are very different on a spectrum. I would actually say bring them closer into the middle if you're going to do them again. Um, so uh, my brother and I started playing Gears of War local co-op. Uh, we decided we're going to spend like a chunk of our weekend every weekend and kind of hammer out the Gears of War, Gears of War two. Gears of War 3, Gears of War Judgment, because him and I played 4 a little bit ago, and we want to go and play 5. Because um, he also is like, I, I wouldn't mind replaying Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6, because those are local co-op, so we're going to do those as well, but down the line. Me and my brother and uh, my sister-in-law, Jen, and another person, Tom, we have been playing Sea of Thieves, and they are loving it, and I fucking love that game too, so... Um, we've been doing the time limited adventures, which you guys have actually been missing out on. They introduced new story <laughs> campaigns. Oh, no. Yeah, they they've introduced new story campaigns, but they're 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 set. Like they're, it's annoying because you know if you don't do it, it's gone. But there's like a three week span, and they'll do a story mission that's only available for three weeks, and then they take it away, and then they wait two weeks, and they introduce the next one. So we've done two of them so far. But uh, yeah, it's really really fun. That then I started playing a new game. I. It's a, I don't even know how to fucking describe this game. So it's called Vampire Survivors and it's like $3 on Steam. It's very basic and it's a top down, uh, very NES, not even NES. You could even describe it as like an Atari looking sprite, but maybe NES sprite looking game. And I'm not, and it's almost like a stick shooter. Like you remember Geometry Wars, you move around with one and then you fire with the other. Yeah. So it's like that, but you don't get to shoot with the right stick. You're only moving with the left. And essentially, you're picking one of one of a couple classes or one of four classes. And what's happening is your character is whipping in a direction in a predetermined rhythm. So it's like one, two, three, four. He whips one, two, three, four. He whips, and you can't control the you can't control the rhythm he whips. You only control where the character is or which way he's facing. And there's and there's there's enemies on the screen, and you start off with like bats, like there's because it's vampire themed. So bats are coming at you, and you're just whipping bats, 
and they're dropping experience for you to get enough experience to level up. And every time you level up or you get a, a trinket on screen, you get a new weapon. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a a uh, uh, an AOE uh, weapon. So I'm going to pick like this bomb that every five seconds is going to explode out a fire ring around me, let's say. And so it's like, okay, every four seconds I'm whipping this way, but I'm do- every five seconds I'm doing a ring this way. So every 20 seconds, those happen together. And then like you do another level and you like, okay, I'm uh, now my whip, now I can pick my whip and my whip is also going to fire in both directions every four seconds. It's like, so every four seconds I'm going left or right. So I can position my, my, my character in a way so I can nab as many enemies as possible. Or I get another upgrade and I can move my character faster. I get another upgrade. I can increase the whip duration from every four seconds to every three seconds or every 3.5 seconds. And you're essentially going on runs to see how long you can go for. And then what's happening is, is simultaneously while you're getting upgrades, your weapons, the enemies are changing out for different enemies or they're getting faster and stronger. And you're trying to see how long you can go for. Uh, it's a deceptively simple game, but it's quite addictive. Uh, the first time, the first night that I booted up, I'm like, okay, I'll just do like a quick run. I ended up just staying off for a couple hours and just doing run after run after run. So, <laughs> nice. uh, it's like three bucks on Steam. Apparently, there's like a web, uh, there's like a web portal version of the exact same game, which you can actually play for free. Like you can just go to their website and just play for free there. But it's like three bucks on Steam if you wanted to. So that's what I've been playing. I actually have heard of that and watched a bunch of trailers as a result of being kind of referred to it. And it looked pretty fun. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty interesting, actually. It looks yeah. pretty – like there's actually a community around it and they're talking about how to kill like the Reaper or something, which happens and – which is like a thing that happens at the end game or something. And yeah, it looks yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. It's, uh, and, I'm, and I'm – it's weird. I'm experimenting with like different controllers because it has – obviously has controller support. So it's like, okay, do I want to do D-pad on Xbox or stick on Xbox? Do I want to do D-pad on PS, the PS4 controller or the stick on PS4? And I think I'm going to go with stick on PS4 controller. That's probably what it's going to be because there is diagonal movement. And while the, the D-pad on the PS4 is okay for that, the D-pad on the Xbox is not does not jive with that at all. So that's going to probably be my controller of choice but that's uh that's what i've been playing uh hey toronto how how do you define a survival horror game then survival horror game is uh the main part of it is not so much atmosphere or enemies is management of resources to me as survival horror is there's a possibility for you to resource your way into a corner where you might not have enough to get out. So uh, if I go to a classic example, Resident Evil, you can fuck yourself over in that game by exhausting through your resources, whether it's herbs or ammo or ink ribbons. Cause like, fuck like the way, the way you save the game in resident evil is a currency. Yeah. Like, like if you burn through <laughs> your saves early on, like you're actually fucked, like you can't do anything. Uh, that that's a little extreme in the example, but, uh, stuff like silent Hill, the evil within, um, those, those and dead space, the first dead space, 
I, I would put on that, in that same boat. Action horror are games where you, they are much more streamlined in your movement and there is a constant replenishing of of resources. I can hear somebody just started a PlayStation party in the background. Um, there's a constant replenishing of resources. So like Dead Space 3 is closer to this, but like, for instance, Alan Wake, I compare Alan Wake much closer to Tomb Raider and Uncharted than I do Resident Evil. Because you're just going through the motions and you're going level through the level. You're going through the motion and it's and when it comes when it's specifically with with gun management, weapon management and weapon inventory, it's just like they'll feed you ammo when they need you to when they need to feed you ammo. Like it's it's hard to really fuck yourself over with that. So and and that's why when Remedy's saying, "Oh, we're making a new Alan Wake in, in survival horror," it's like, well, I I'll believe it when I see it. Like like I want to see what they define as survival horror. And even with like the Resident Evil games, is you it's like the later Resident Evil games are action horror; they're not survival horror by any means because it's it's uh um my well, main the fact def- that they announced it though that it was going going to be survival horror wouldn't that you know mean it's going to be more than what it was. I, I I would assume that it's close it's closer to survival horror than what the original Alan Wake was. I just I'm curious to know what their definition of survival horror is. Right. Because again, like like I think I think people are I think people as we, you know, try to make games for a wider audience and try to get people uh try to get as as much of a wider player base as possible, they're going to make games that are much more approachable for for as many people as possible. And I think Alan Wake Battle Pass. Sure. And I think I think they're if they try to tweak the gameplay in a way to make it so it's as 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 uh, as easy as possible. Uh I don't want to say easy as possible. That to me will be kind of like not so much survival horror uh as it, as it is. Like like, do you guys know about the adaptive difficulty for Resident Evil 4? Do you know Is that? Is that like, like when you die too much, like it makes it easier and then... Exactly, yeah. And you it, it's kill a, too much, then it's harder? Yeah, exactly. And and so there's no there's no easy, medium, hard in that game. You literally just start and it will change it dynamically in it. And you can like, you can test it. Like if you're in a room with six enemies and they take you out, when like somebody load in, like their enemy count will be lower or they may not have throwable weapons they may actually just dial back and as you as you get better they'll increase the they'll they'll dynamically increase the difficulty it's like that alone makes it to to me makes it more survival action than it does survival horror um you're saying the difficulty kind of comes in how you manage what you have rather than how you play the game exactly because like experience resident evil like if i put a new player who's ever played the the first resident evil game and i put i i give them the controller they're going to like blow through their ammo and they're just going to shoot zombies point blank and they're going to just burn through their their healing items and they're not going to really think about the inventory as a tactic because that is part of the game. Um, and if you put somebody who's played Resident Evil, you'll quickly learn, like a, like a rule of Resident Evil or of the early games, it's like you shoot an enemy when you have to shoot an enemy. If you're in a position not to kill an enemy, you just get away from him, like run from them. Don't kill them. Um, that's how I kind of treat survival horror games. So I, I hope Alan Wake is a survival horror game, like the, the way that they describe it. 
Because it is a continuation, right? It's not a remake. Like they're, it's a new entry in the franchise. It's not a remake. I heard. I believe that's correct. Yeah. So like, I I, I just want to see if they if they can define what a survival horror is, but because you know what, it wasn't a survival horror. Was that game the medium? That wasn't even. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't even an action horror that was uh you know what i call that that was a glorified point and click adventure game that's what that it was, was an experience oh. that, that's sure yeah it's it's a it's a tech demo that's what that game was that ran poorly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that was that was a that was such a disappointing afternoon i was just like well i'll give this a try and I, I usually give games quite a long time. I usually even finish a game that I don't like, but I'm just like, I can't do this. This is a terrible <laughs> game. So. Uh, Matt? Me? What are, you, um, what are you playing? I have been doing a lot of random stuff. I've been doing a little bit of Elden Ring. Got a little bit further in that. Uh, did some side stuff and ran around and did some exploring and, and leveling and stuff like that. Um so I've been doing that a little bit. Did the maybe one session, maybe two. I think it was one. Uh, and then we've been doing the Fortnite, and we've started winning more consistently on the no build mode. And they 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 added now a no build and a build selector, so you can kind of choose between those two. Uh, we've been sticking with the no build just because it is still fresh, and now we're kind of practiced and practicing up on, in that. So we've been doing that. So that's been pretty fun. Uh, I did something weird though. I um, on a whim just randomly booted. I randomly purchased uh, Save the World, the campaign, and I just wanted to give it a try. Uh, and I tried it once. It's pretty weird, uh, to be honest. It's definitely sort of an older feeling game because it's like an older campaign and it's sort of older Fortnite feeling as well. And you craft things and you collect. Uh, yeah, you like collect uh, characters like you would in a mobile game, and there's daily login rewards and stuff like that, which I kind of wasn't expecting. Uh, so I'll I'll probably chip away at a mission at a time. I'm not like super into the story of Fortnite, but it's kind of nice to see the characters that I only know as like, oh, there's that like person that I always see in different variants and ver- whatever on the uh, on the battle royale, and I actually like see who they are. So that that's kind of cool. Um, Matt, I also bought it. What? I bought it like a couple months ago. Oh, I, uh, when did you, okay, so when I went to buy it, I'll ask you what happened there. So when I went to buy it, like, uh, Marty and I were talking about it and I just was like, oh, like last time I looked, it was 40 bucks, 40 or 30 or something. And then I went to go purchase it and I couldn't find it in the PlayStation store, went to the game, game mode selector. It was in there. When I selected it, it was like, oh, it's 20 or 21.99, I think for a skin pack. And the skin pack includes a challenge, um, a challenge set for save the world and include save the world access. So I, I yeah. that's why I bought it because it was cheaper than I had ever seen it. But is that mm. how you did it as well? I think I bought it on, I wasn't, I think it was on sale. Uh, I bought it back when it was that robot guy, the yellow robot guy. Okay. So I'm, I'm a robot guy, but he's not yellow. So uh, I guess they just rotate that in and out. But um, it's like I said, it's a little bit weird feeling like the transition, like say the world's definitely newer and say, or sorry, um, the battle royale is definitely newer, more polished, better graphics. This is definitely older Fortnite uh, to be totally fair. Like I said, even the menus are kind of jank. And um, I had a couple like cutscenes just randomly freeze on me and stuff, but um, it's still pretty fun. Like it's it, it, if I'm waiting for you guys to like hop on instead of me doing, you know, half a battle royale and then rushing to the end, I'll just probably jump into this and 
just do a little bit. So that that's pretty cool. And maybe, maybe you and I could do a call round or something since we both have it. Um, but uh, we did that. And then we downloaded Hood. <laughs> oh, God. And um, holy fuck. Um, I don't even know how to really describe this game. It's really what's really sad about it. I was telling Marty. So, like, you know, just to sort of outline my experience, I did the tutorial like most people would. I might, it might actually not be skippable. So maybe everyone does it if they boot it up. And then um, did the tutorial and I was like, okay, like, you know, there's a couple cool things here. You can definitely tell it's kind of like your standard stealth game that's sort of like an AC level mechanics of, of stealth, that type of thing. So it's like, okay, whatever. So Marty and I try and we had a hell of a time from a technical perspective. So here's what happened. Marty invites me to a party. I joined his party. A little party window or little thing shows up on the screen as you as you would expect it shows both of our names which to us represents that we're both in a party so we're both in his sort of main base and the main base is sort of uh similar to say a mobile game where you kind of have like a little base you can level it up and you can go to various parts of it and it'll be like this is the battle pass area this is this this is that you press x you go into a menu and you can deal with whatever's there add perks this and that so we try to boot into a game a so you can go versus the state or versus players and versus the state. So it's PVE or PVEVP is how it works. So we try to boot <laughs> into a PVE to get our bearings and we we die immediately. Like you can't take fucking hits in this game. Like this game is exceptionally difficult when taking hits. So we die instantly and we get kicked back to the menu. Now, I don't realize and Marty doesn't either that we're, we're not in each other's base, but our screen still reflects. still has our names on it. So we're like, okay, Marty tries to boot up a game. It doesn't take me into it. So it's like, okay. So then we both just, as a precaution, we both exit our game, like completely quit it back to the main menu, boot the game back up, invite each other. It's working. So we're like, okay, it was just a bug, whatever. We go to go get into another game and he can't load in with me and he couldn't load into with me twice. So we don't know whether it's a cross-gen thing. Um, Like I would start a game and it either wouldn't load for him or it would load indefinitely and stuff like that. So... I joined on him ever since then, and it worked. But every single time we die, we get kicked back. There's no, like, retry mission or anything like that. You just die instantly. Like, you die and, like, you're out. Failure. Because like, you're over. fighting against real-life players, right? Well, well, no. So so this is against the state. This is against the environment. Like, we're, we're doing PvE. Oh. And if you fail, you fail. You go right back to base. But here's the stupid thing. You still don't end up in each other's fucking base. <laughs> so the little party screen thing where it shows people's names are still there, but it doesn't you're not in each other's party. Like Marty can reinvite me and I join again and it works. So it's like, I don't know what's going on, but the UI's glitched or whether we're misinterpreting it and like uh, bizarre anyway. So we do, we fail, you know, to join this and that. So we go, okay, we're going to do a PVPVE. <laughs> we do that. And this game doesn't work as a PVPVE. So this is a game where you like <laughs> this game fucking like this game's fucking bizarre. So then here's like, here's what you got to do. PVPVE. <laughs> Yeah, so what you do is you, there's guards in a castle or in an environment, okay, and they walk around and they're, and this is a Robin Hood game. So a sheriff character who's like this really big guy in knight's armor walks around and he has a key on him. You have to run around this environment, find him, steal the, pickpocket the key off him because he'll kill you instantly. At least that's what the tutorial said. Never actually been killed by him. Then you have to find the vault, go to the vault with the key, unlock it, unlock that, take the vault's chest out to this lift and then you have to like crank this thing to like make it go up in the air to like, you know, claim the reward type of thing, like onto your ship or wherever it's going. Okay. That's the premise of everything. There's a bunch of different maps that we've seen, maybe four or five we've seen so far. I don't know if there's more or le- like, I don't know if there's more or whether I'm overestimating, whatever, but the maps themselves are fine. 
Here's the here's the problem though. You join in with people, so it's four v four in terms of players, and then there's also the NPCs running around, the guards and the sheriff and this and that. You run around, and when you're doing PvP VE, you capture these little points and you can respawn. So it's not just like an instant death and you're out. You can respawn. But this game turns to shit very quickly. Like, imagine it's two opposing teams trying to stealth into the same environment. Like, already this doesn't work. Because they're going to be shooting at you. We're going to be shooting at them. There's guards that we're supposed to be creeping around, but we can't creep because this guy's trying to kill me. And he's a player, so, like, I know I can't just hide in a bush from him. And this guy's trying to, like, swing his axe at me. Like, it's, it's like, it's already chaos. So then, and then it becomes just absolute chaos. And they'll, like you can steal this chest and when you're running with the chest, it like jingles. So you like, you have to kind of stay further away from guards type of thing. But it's like everyone at this point's all stirred up and everyone's running around and everyone's respawning. And it just becomes this massive, totally unorganized, totally chaotic. Like everyone's <laughs> fucking running around. If I'm die, I don't even care. Like it's just it, whatever. So we lost horribly. Of course we did. Okay. For, first round. So then I, I tell Marty, I'm like, okay, Let's do, now that we've figured out how the party system works and we figured out generally what the fuck's going on, let's do one PVE. Let's try to beat it and see how that goes. So we get into this, actually, like, to their credit, a super cool map. Like, a really, really cool map. Massive castle, cool lighting. Graphics aren't amazing, but it's it's pretty damn nice. Like, it looks nice. I'd get the photo mode out if I could, right? Okay. So we run around and we do the mission and we get to the point where we finally it takes us forever because this is a massive map and we find we get the key and then we find the the vault but we're run, we're running out of time there's a time limit and like we're like well shit what do we do because we still haven't taken this thing and they're like we still haven't grabbed the thing out of the, the vault and then run out to the the lift which in this case is in the middle of the freaking map so marty and i have cleared a path but we don't have time to go through the line, the the very winding path that we've cleared of guards so we take this other path that we took a little bit. We like went over there to get a checkpoint or something and we're running and Marty like is the, the, he's a little John, I think. So he's like a big like night guy. And so he takes the thing and I'm Robin Hood. So I'm like shooting arrows and stuff. And I like run past this gate. These two guards look at us and we're like, oh shit. So I'm like, Marty, don't cross there. Don't cross there. So I'm trying to like, you know, throw something behind them, like a coin or whatever to get them to, to go the other way. And they keep coming back. And we're like, what the hell? And then Marty's like, I think they're hearing like the jingling of the, the chest. So I throw something to try to distract them. And Marty just tries to make a run for it because we're almost out of time. And we get spotted. Him and I, like Marty's class, as far as we know, is designed for fighting. Marty gets shot twice. He's instantly dead. I get punched twice. I'm instantly dead. The whole thing's a wipe. You can't respawn. Even though we captured these little spots, we couldn't respawn. Now, you, what you can do is if I go down and Marty does not... Marty can grab my talisman and revive me at one of these checkpoints, I believe, is how that works. So there is, like, a bit of grace there. But the whole thing here is, like, this game is very bizarre. It's, like, it's a very sort of standard stealth game, something we've seen before. But it's also very strangely, like, harsh. And then there's also a time limit, but it's a PvE. It's, like, why are we having, why are we being timed in PvE? Like, this castle that we were in was fucking massive. Like, this is, like, the size of, like, a Dark Souls castle. It was massive. And it's like you have to find this this sheriff guy. Then you have to go and find like we were in a a chamber for a full ten or fifteen minutes just trying to find the vault because we knew the vault was in there. It, it'll tell you like it's in the keep area and you have a map. But the keep was massive. It's like four floors. There's mat and they're massive floors. There's guards everywhere, so you can't just run around them. 
So that like I don't know how to feel about this. Like I I think I I think I want to like win one PVE. Like I kind of want to do one good one. <laughs> like maybe if there's three of us on at least, we do one good PVE. And then I'll be like, okay, maybe I don't care about this anymore. Because, like, I, di- I just don't think this works as a PvPVE. It's a very bizarre game. Um, and, I mean, the Steam numbers kind of speak for themselves. They're not very good. Uh, and we got this for PS Plus, obviously. So there's that whole thing. And then, um, last but not least, I guess, uh, I am in the last part, most likely the last level of Dying Light 2. And the ending's very bad. Uh, the, the game like tells you like, you know how you get to an open world game, you get to a point and it says like, Hey, you know, you're about to do the last mission. It tells you in this case, it's like, Hey, this is the epilogue. And so in my case, I have multiple missions, like there's multiple missions, but I can't, you know, run around the world anymore. I'm, you know, out doing this and I'm out doing that and I'm kind of getting taken places, but there's this one part. And like, I think I was telling somebody about this, um, might've been Tim and it's really weird. And so I'll be vague. This won't be spoilery. But in terms of, I feel like the ending was rushed or something. And there's also something really weird about it. So, Ryan, when you get there, I want to ask you about it. And when Tim gets there, I want to ask him about it, too. And when I get there, right? When you get there as well. Like, there's something, there's something, like, very. He won't get there. In 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 2029. Yeah. Well, there's something very obviously weird about this game. In, in association with the marketing and stuff. It's very bizarre. When you see it, you'll see it. Then, then I'll, we'll talk about it. But um, I had this this really weird experience where I'm, you know, there's a commander guy and he goes, get in the car and like, you know, we got to go do this other mission. Okay, fair enough. So get in the car, get to the other mission place. And it's one of those times in a game where all these people come out and be like, there he is. You know, we're going to kick your ass. All these guys come out. <laughs> yeah, like, here we go. And so like, I'm at the point where I just like cut people in half like easily. So I just like kill them all. And then it cuts to a cutscene where the commander guy, who did not enter the car, I just like randomly catch him as he's hurt, and I like put him down by a car, and I'm like, "What? Like what happened? He wasn't with us, or at least it wasn't. I didn't think he was, and he certainly wasn't any cutscene that I saw, and he was just all of a sudden with me. And there's been like there's a been a couple of moments like that." That one was the most jarring, but there's been a couple of moments like that in this epilogue where I'm like, did they just get a bunch of like, did they just have a, did they have more content than like, like, did they have more content planned and they had it all partially finished and they just were like, all right, let's epilogue this and just kind of like all slam it into the epilogue. And even if it fit well, like did a cutscene not play and or like, did it, and did it bug out? Did I accidentally skip a cutscene? Although I haven't to my knowledge done that yet. So it's not like it's a common occurrence. I don't know what happened, but it's just weird stuff like that. Um, and the epilogue's bad. Uh, I'm just going to say, like, I, I think it's bad. Um, and uh, I think it's rushed, which is unfortunate, honestly. But uh, that's what I've been playing. <laughs> nice. Um, as for myself, I finished the Elden Ring. Ah... I became the Elden Lord. 130 plus hours. Um, it was a lot. That is a lot. But I think it is like one of the one of the best games in the last like 10 years or maybe more. Um, I was telling Marty and Aaron that uh, it's uh, it's one of those games where like I'm al- I'm glad to be alive to have experienced it. Oh my god, that's yeah. that's high praise. I'll say. Yeah, well, it's just amazing because it's just like, I don't know how they top this, you know, 
but you, everyone like comparing it to uh, to Breath of the Wild. So we'll see if Breath of the Wild two can top Breath of the Wild. What's another game that you would put on that list of like I'm glad I've experienced this? I think Red Dead Two. Okay. Yeah. So so same sort of like caliber, I guess. Yeah, and this should, this shouldn't be confused with like my favorite games. This is just like wow, this was amazing. You know, right? More right. awe inspiring than. You know, I'm not like I don't think Elden Ring is my favorite game. You know what I mean? Right, right, so, right. But yeah, that was crazy. So now I have a lot of free time to play other things. <laughs> so we need to tackle I'm try some to that, finish. Uh, we need to tackle some of that Borderlands DLC. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's, that sounds that's exactly really... what I was thinking of. Though. Yeah. <laughs> don't sound too excited, Ryan. Well, no, I, I, I know I said this multiple times on the show. But I'm going to try to get Dying Light 2 done this weekend. And then I'll have two games out of the way. And then I can focus on Horizon uh, Forbidden West. I forgot about that game. Unless some other games coming out. Is there some other game coming out shortly that's going to take my attention away? I don't think you care about Ghostwire Tokyo, which is already out. But I care about it only because you were excited for it. I wasn't mm. going to get it or, or look at it at all. Fuck, you know, I, but then I, you I want to play interest. that game. I'm it's like, a it's I'm, a game that's gonna go too cheap though to buy it now, right? Oh like, yeah, if you get that feeling, and, you know what I mean. And, and I promise you, that's gonna hit Game Pass. That's absolutely gonna be a game. Yeah, Pass once game. that deal's yeah. done with with Sony, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but maybe I'll just wait on it then. Um, Where are you that, in Dying though, Light, Ryan? God, I don't remember the last thing I just did. Oh, I know something close to the last thing I did. What's that? <clears throat> um. I'll try to say it without spoilers because I know Adrian's going to play this game shortly. Yeah, right. just like vaguely because um, I've done it so recently. That- <laughs> Wait, Dying Light, go go for it. You, we all know I'm never going to play this game. I I grabbed a new pair of shoes. Oh my god! Wait a second. Oh my god, Ryan. Am I really far back now? You're really far back. I did that at least a month ago. Really? I'm not Shit, kidding. Ryan. I did that at least a month ago. You are at. You just did a very large mission. That's probably the middle of that section of city is a story. Wow. Now I will say this. We are working for different factions, whether the missions are in different orders and have different lengths of, of campaign well, is different, but I did look it up and I didn't have like a lot of missions in front of me unless they're all long ass missions. You could certainly fit like catch up to me in a day. Like or like half a day or something. Like you're not you're not like half an hour away. You're not like one mission away. Right. Um. And I've kind of been doing missions, kind of like Adriano does, where like I've kind of run into them. That's kind of how I've been doing it for the last two sessions, just because I'm pretty mm-hmm. pretty high level already. Um. So like that does play into it as well. It's not like there's ten more story missions, but that <laughs> right. feels like it's a fucking forever ago for me though. Like that. Like at least three weeks ago. I'll get it done. I just, it's, just, it's one of those things where uh, you have to sit down and just do it, and it will go by pretty quick. I think if you do the, if you do just the story, which you might be doing, if you do just the story, then yeah. Man, there was a time when I thought about platinum it. Uh, I thought about that for a whole minute, and then it was like, <laughs> and then I looked at it and was like, I ain't doing this again. Holy crap! <laughs> Alrighty, let's hop into the news. Uh, let's uh, let's play a game. Let's actually. Oh no! Okay. Let's let's do something uh, fun. Won't be surprising, but it will be fun. 
So as you two diehard Nintendo fans may know, because you guys are the diehardest mm. of Nintendo mm-hmm. fans, the Nintendo Wii U eShop and the Nintendo 3DS eShop is shutting down in March 2023. Uh, even though it's officially like they're shutting the servers down on March 2023, you can still download anything you've bought or you own from that store. Uh, in August 2022, they will let you stop adding money via gift cards. So if I go and buy credit in store, I can do I can still add that up until August 2022. And up until May 2022, so less than a month from now, or I think or late May, so like a month and a half maybe, they you can buy games via uh, credit card. So pretty much after August, if you don't have money in your wallet on either of those shops, you can't buy anything from that store anymore. Okay. So what I have in front of me is the latest in Nintendo powerhouse consoles, the Nintendo Wii U. And I'm systematically going through every category of the Nintendo Wii U eShop and going to be buying things that I want just to have them available to me on my Nintendo Wii U. So there are seven seven categories. Nintendo Virtual Console, Super Nintendo Virtual Console, Game Boy Advance Virtual Console, Nintendo 64 Virtual Console, Nintendo DS Virtual Console, Wii Virtual Console, and Wii U downloadable titles on the store for the duration of this podcast i'm going to be buying and downloading some stuff (laughs) and at the end of this episode i want you guys to take two educated guesses to see how many titles i've bought oh lord (laughs) all right let's go continue Uh, now hang on hang on (laughs) so (laughs) have you loaded your wallet with a credit card or with gift cards so i've never i've never loaded my wallet every time i buy something i just buy it outright to my credit card so i never have a balance okay so come come july if i think there's gonna be something that i want to buy in between august and march next year it would be advantageous of me to just dump money into that wallet. The downside is, is I might not have enough if i want to buy more or i might have too much if i don't buy something i want to buy and money might go down the drain. That's why if I do it before May, I can pay cent for cent exactly what I want. Right, right, okay. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird they're doing it because like it, officially it shuts down in, officially it shuts down for purchase in March 2023, but you can't add credit after August of this year. So it's kind of like it, the deadline's August. Like I don't know. That's why a long either. duration. Like the credit cards I kind of get, but it's like if you... Like obviously, there's a like there's a lag time because if somebody bought a gift card recently and they're not going to give it to somebody for like four months, which isn't out of the realm if your family lives far away, for example, then like there's there's some lag time there. But like, why can't you why can't you still add with the gift cards up it's until got, the day of? Like, I what the know. fuck is that? It's got to be some sort of like vendor agreement. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's weird. Um, 
Yeah. I was so, worried you were going to ask us to name the titles. And I'm like, I can't name you. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll go through. Because here's the thing, though. I don't also anticipate mm-hmm. getting this done tonight. Like, there's going to be a lot for me to go through. <laughs> so this might be like a multi-week thing. <laughs> so. Doesn't this, uh, don't you feel bad, though, that Nintendo's like shutting this down and there's like no real alternative? It's like, haven't you already purchased these games several times over and they don't they don't switch their stores over? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what I will Aren't say... Aren't you giving into their... Yeah. Their so what of, I will say is, I think going forward with the Nintendo Switch store, your purchases will be tied to your account. So like whatever future... hope. Yeah, I would hope. Whatever future Nintendo platform that they do, I would assume that anything you bought digitally on your Nintendo Switch will go forward in any future Nintendo product. Um, I'm going to assume that that's not what they're going to do. And I I pretty much treat my Wii U like it's my Wii U is essentially my virtual console machine. Like that that's that's what its main purpose right. is. Um, because I don't like the subscription principle of the Nintendo Switch. And yeah. The the emulation on that has been poorly received. Like there's been some poor stories with <laughs> some of time. it. Yeah, which <laughs> I found the emulation on the Wii U not to be that bad. Like it's it's adequate. And for me, I'm playing a lot of the early Nintendo Super Nintendo games, so it's it's not too bad for that for the most part. So essentially, like my Wii U is going to be plugged in for a long time just for the sake of Virtual Console. Like that's what it's there for. Um, Fuck, like, if there was some miracle chance that they released Breath of the Wild 2 on this thing, I wouldn't even have to worry about buying a Switch. So. Wouldn't that be nuts? That would be fucking wild. Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) What? All right. We will guess your purchase price at the end of the show, I guess. Or oh no, sorry. The amount of games you purchased, purchased amount, yeah, purchased amount in terms of number of games. Number of games. Okay. First story: uh, Remedy is remaking Max Payne One and Two for PC, PS Five, and Xbox Series X and S. This is from Gamespot. The remake of the Max Payne and Max Payne Two: The Fall of Max Payne is coming uh, from Remedy Entertainment, the studio behind the original Max Payne games, and they've reached an agreement with Rockstar to remake both games. Uh, the re- remakes will come as a single release using the Northlight game engine, which was used for Quantum Break and Control. You shouldn't expect it anytime uh, too soon. As the uh, announcement notes, it's only in the concept development stage. And they said, quote, we were thrilled when our longtime friends at Remedy approached us about remaking the original Max Payne games, uh, said Rockstar founder Sam Hauser in the announcement. Didn't he leave? I thought he left. Is he still there? I don't track executives too closely. Maybe maybe the other guy left. Uh, we are massive fans of the work the, uh, the Remedy team has created over the years, and we can't wait to play these new vision uh, versions. Uh, I think, Matt, you've played the old Max Payne's, right? Or at least three? Have you played yeah. one and two at all? No, yeah, I have. Um, I never played two, but I have played one. I played one, this is years back now, I played one mm-hmm. on a friend's, on like a childhood friend's computer, and then I got it for Xbox, the original Xbox, um, and I never beat it. Because I didn't really realize how hard it was, or at least it was hard for me at the time. Uh, and then I, I never played two. I was always interested in two. Never played two. Tried number one um, around the time when three was coming out. So I tried it again on my actual original Xbox. 
Um, and then I played three and I, I started three left for a hiatus, came back, di- forgot you could heal or something. And I ended up playing the game and I was like, holy fuck, this game is hard. And I forgot you could heal. So I was doing like missions without healing or something. <laughs> like I was basically doing a challenge like a, by myself accidentally. Um, so I like, I definitely have some max pain experience. Uh, and actually very recently, funny enough, I think you guys shared the story with us, um, in one of our chats earlier this week. Um, I think a day or two before that, it showed up on my phone, um, on uh, the Google play store. I was looking for an app and max Payne showed up as a suggestion for me. And it was, I think it was on sale or something like that. Cause there's a max Payne for the phone. And I was like, you know what? Like I, I really should go back and and play these two because I've always wanted to try Max Payne 2 and I, I don't want to just skip Max Payne 1 since I've started it, you know, twice at this point. So I kind of like really want to like try it. Um, so I think I'll, I don't know if I'll ever get to the retro ones, but I, I'm certainly interested in these. And Adriana, what's your experience, if any, with Max Payne? I played the first one and some of the seconds. Uh, I was... I I remember the the opening the prologue chapter or the opening chapter of the first Max Payne. It uh is very very vivid in my memory. Um, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it uh, it's very surreal, especially like the the narrative, the the the, the story which is happening there. Uh, I I would absolutely be open for playing a remake in the Control Quantum Break style. Um. I'm curious to know if they're going to like make this a part of the remedy verse. Cause like, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember much about the max Payne games past, like the basic premise, but I don't think there's any sort of like paranormal or supernatural or scientific thing behind it. It's just a guy. It's a, it's a revenge story. Bullet time. Well, there is the bullet time thing, but I think but that, I think that is a gameplay mechanic. I, that's that's a gameplay mechanic, not a narrative mechanic, right? Now, I, I think so. Is it one of those things where it's like, oh, Max Payne is just really good at the range, and no one is aware? And the, could they kind of like weasel that in as like he does actually slow down time, May, and maybe he yeah. doesn't even know? It it, it also you doesn't know? even have to be that. Like it can just be because like remedy is like, oh yeah, we want to do like a bigger remedy universe and they they reference alan wake in both quantum break and control which like connects those two together uh you know uh back to back so it's also just like possible that like this could take place within that that shared word world and not be any sort of supernatural or uh you know scientific thing it could just be a story for sure because like people still die and just still there are still murder stories happening yeah, no there's still what. humans running around yeah exactly so uh that's what i'm curious about but uh no i'm excited for this i think i think i think that's a game worth remaking it, uh, i agree it, yeah it could probably probably do for an update i uh i played the third one and i'm not sure why i ever picked it up because this was this was back when i wasn't really like when did that come out that was when we PS3 were in, that yeah we were in college for sure because I remember somebody was downloading it in the cafeteria and their exact words were twenty nine gigs for a game what the fuck are we doing <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did this come out it's twenty twelve was that college yeah yeah we went into college Jeez. in, tw- in two thousand nine two thousand eight two thousand nine oh really 
Holy yeah. cow! Because Fallout Three was new. Off. Mm, no, uh, no. Yeah, New Vegas. No. New Vegas was the one that came no, out in college. New, New Vegas came out when we were in college, but, but Fallout Three was new. Like it was less. It was a year or less than a year old. Oh no! So I, I remember. I remember. Uh, I left my one program and I I switched programs and I joined Marty and Ryan at college, 2010. We were 2010, 2011, 2011, 2012, 2012, 12, yeah, 2010. Wait, really? I swear yeah. it was like September 2009. No? Oh, no. That's Isn't that right? Because I finished after you guys. My college program is longer, right? Isn't that right? Ours was only three years. Mine was four, including a co-op. Like three years class, three one year co-op, whatever. Right. What? Anyway, I have no idea why I picked up this game and played it. Uh, I remember, I remember, it was being it was really tough, and I don't think I knew there was um, bullet time until later in the game, and then it and then it became a lot easier to play. Accidentally uh, discovered it. Yeah, something like that. But uh, I, I I never really played um, Rockstar games back then. Maybe when did uh, La Noire come out? Because maybe I after right. Elena Noir is 2011. Yeah, Elena Noir is, yeah, is after for sure. It was a mo- that That's when we were in college, right? Yeah, so maybe I picked it up because of that. I don't know. Because I, I really liked Elena Noir. And I, I wish they would remake that game or a sequel. GTA 5 in its original form came out when we were in college. Yeah. And I remember uh, Tim came over and uh, he brought his TV with him and it just went haywire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like, it like broke right in front of us. That was crazy. Some loud noise and you had to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> just, just interrupted everyone's fucking GTA. I am curious how this will perform, though, because I, I don't feel like Max Payne is talked about much amongst, you know, gamers reminiscing about old games they love. So I are do people see... going to play it? Well, here, here's the thing about that, right, is that I think there's almost like a community of people that reminisce and stuff because I've been watching video reviews recently of just just games like the, the people don't do them time sensitive. They'll like they'll do like Max Payne today, like the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's like they get thousands of views. So there's definitely people that even if they're not chatting about it, they're definitely reminiscing or they're interested enough in it. And I th- I think actually no I know for sure that either Max Payne or Max Payne Two was one of the reviews that I've watched within the last six months. So like there's definitely like some sort of market or at least the YouTuber thought there was. Um, and the people I follow like I follow a lot of like just kind of gaming influencers or gaming journalists and stuff, and uh, a lot of them seemed excited. So I guess maybe there is, you know, although they also do kind of hype things. Oh, surely. Um, beyond yeah. beyond where they actually need to be. Can you play this game right now on Xbox? Like, cause it's an X, like Max I said, Payne three. If Max you Payne. have, if you have the disc, yeah. If you have the disc in theory on an Xbox series X, you should be able to run that game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause you have backwards compatibility going all the way to the, fir- to the first one. But not every game is backwards compatible. Not every game is backwards compatible, but I remember seeing Max Payne for for purchase on the 360 store as an Xbox OG title. 
And if that was on sale then to run on an X3 on an Xbox 360, that should roll forward to the other ones. It was apparently added in November 2021. Yeah, I can I can confirm according to the Xbox app, Max Payne, Max Payne 2, the fall of Max Payne, and Max Payne 3 all run on console, it says. Max Payne, the Max Payne 2, the fall of Max Payne, and Max Payne 3, the Max Payne and Ink is all. <laughs> Max Payne is still falling. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do this retro shit. I'll give that a go. Why not just for, wait, wait for the remakes? Although it's years away. It's years away, but also like I, I, I would do both. Like it's a shooter. It's not I, like it's I can't I'm replay. Repl- it. I replay the Dead Space games in excitement for Dead Space remake. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there you go. One sad thing this brings up is that they're obviously working on the next Alan Wake, right? Then they're potentially working on this. So where it, is Control Two never going to happen? Is Control done? Is that over? Uh, I, I, I never finished that yeah. game, so it's hard to say. I don't know where that is narratively. Did you? So actually, Adriano, so there's a question. Did you finish it? Like, did you not finish it because of time? Or like, did you just not finish it? You didn't like it? No, no, I actually really liked it. I made the foolish mistake of starting that game as I was moving out of my condo. So oh, I, had, I see. Yeah. So it, like, it's, it's, I was trying to like balance just everything, but then I found myself just putting everything aside so I can pack up my place and get the fuck out of there. And I tried to like, like weeks later, weeks, weeks later, even maybe a month when I had, when I was uh, elsewhere and I set up everything again, I tried to pick up the game again and go where I left off. And I just, I think like five minutes in, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I'm this, I'm not doing this game justice. I don't want to play it in this state. So I, I bail on it and I own it on PC. So I'm going to actually restart it at some point on PC and like, do it properly. So, what in your brief time with it? Then, like, how long did you have with it? Say, because I have like uh, a quite a, quite a bit. Like, I got through a couple of bosses in game. Like, I, I got, okay. I, I would say probably got a third into the game. I felt I as though the environment was cool and the actual stuff happening was cool. I thought the combat and the enemies, generally, I guess the gameplay felt cheap. Uh, it felt kind of floaty. I felt like I was just kind of running around, and I just felt like I was almost yeah. like in an, in an action shooter, even when I wasn't. Let me, let me you know tell you mean? something. That's what most remedy games are. That's yeah. That's that turned me off. Like it was just sort yeah. of like there's certain points where I like kind of wanted to like go through it slow and steady, whatever, and it just kind of felt like I was always in that shooter mode. Like it just felt, you, I don't know, I felt cheap. The whole thing felt cheap to me. It, yeah, so quant, it, Control and Quantum Break feel very much like that. Um, there's a campiness to uh, to Quantum Break as well. Like it's a, a it, don't don't take that game too seriously. Um, and then if you want, if you want something like that, but you want a little bit, a little bit more heft to your combat and a little bit, you know, a little bit more breathing space, I would say play Alan Wake. Mm. That's probably what you should be. Did you play Alan Wake? Did we do that? Or who played it yeah. on that? Oh, yeah. I, I, I played it separately, and then we also did it on yeah, yeah. Xbox, like whatever, or the Let's Play, rather. Yeah, that's probably. Um, I think I played it. Did I play it? I don't know. So you I think me. I was on the controls. I know Aaron was there. I don't know whether who was on the controls. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, w- I would say because like personally, if I if I had to rank so far the modern remedy games like ignore Max Payne, 
I'd say my favorite my favorite is Alan Wake by far. I fucking love Alan Wake. That was that's the game of 360 for me. And then I would say um probably to by default Alan Wake American Nightmare because there's a spin-off game as well. And then Control because whatever whatever I played of Control I like better than Quantum Break. Yeah. <laughs> I finished Quantum, yeah. So I'd say go back and give uh, give Alan Wake a, a try. I know that came back to the Steam after it got removed for licensing. They brought it back. <clears> so, uh, yeah. Well, I really like Control, and I uh, I hope there's a sequel some, at some point, but who knows? Did you do the DLC, like the season pass? No, it, too much time had passed, and I just, you know, it's harder to get back into it once the DLC came out. All right, our next uh, story here. Crystal, Crystal Dynamics announces the next Tomb Raider uh, is being built in Unreal Engine 5, which is from The Verge. So buried at the tail end of Epic Games' State of, the Un- uh, of Unreal presentation was the news that Crystal Dynamics is working on a new entry in the Tomb Raider series. Dallas Dickinson, franchise director at Crystal Dynamics, used the announcement to tout the advantages of creating a game with Unreal Engine 5, saying, quote, the new engine translate into next level storytelling and gameplay experiences. Uh, I'm going to guess none of you watched the state of unreal presentation. Nope. Did not even know what's happening. If I didn't put it in the calendar. No, <laughs> I might. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. Uh, unreal engine five looks pretty uh, insane. Uh, they had a lot of cool, like lighting effects and stuff in there. And, um, the fact that uh, a lot of these uh, studios are now going to use Unreal Engine 5 in their next games is pretty exciting. Uh, Tomb Raider, I thought, always looked like a really good game. And so I am uh, I have high expectations, I think, for a Tomb Raider in Unreal Engine 5. Is there like an playing? Unreal Engine 5 feeling? Like, could you tell, like us as gamers, it's going to be across all these projects. Are we going to be able to be like, this feels like Unreal? Talking like Frostbite, how you can tell yeah, it's like Frostbite. Yeah, Frostbite just feels like Frostbite. Is there an un? I, I I don't really know if there's an if there's another Unreal feeling like in for the older Unreal engines. Like I don't, I can't. I really never take place note it. of it. Uh, Hood was made with Unreal. Oh fuck yes, yeah okay. I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> but Adriano, have you uh you stopped playing the Tomb Raider games, right? Uh, it's not that I stopped. I just never continued like i i played the first one and thoroughly enjoyed it so i i do plan on what i can't remember the name of it. there's tomb raider rise of the tomb raider yep and then shadow of the tomb raider right yep do any of them right. have any dlcs or is they just one 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 and done for each one uh i know for sure uh the second one has dlc like single player, uh, yeah. Okay, I can't remember the first one did. I don't think so because the I, third one does. But I'm not sure if it's story DLC. It might yeah. just be outfits and stuff. My outfits, uh, because I remember like looking. I remember having. If I look at my little spreadsheet right now on my on my owned games, um, I remember saying like, "Oh, I have Tomb Raider on 360." The second one, which is Rise. I have on PS4, and then the third one, Shadow, I have on PC. So it'd actually be like spreading the entire trilogy across <laughs> all three of them. But um, I mean, you you can find them pretty cheap, and oh, yeah. and as the you know complete package. Um, 
I'll I'll see right now. See what I have because like I, I have them so I have them in three different places. So like I could play them this weekend if I really want to. Maybe I should go back and play the first one. I don't know if it's worth going through again though. I don't really remember. I I the only thing I really remember about that game is her climbing like in the winter her climbing the uh the radio tower like in the mountain. That's like the only part yeah. of the game I remember. Okay, so Tomb Raider. Oh my god. Tomb Raider. I have the standard copy for 360 and Steam. And then I have the Game of the Year edition for Epic Games. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I have the standard edition for PS4 and the definitive edition for Epic Games. And then Rise of the Tomb Raider. I have standard edition for PS4 and Steam, and then I have the 20th anniversary celebration edition for Epic Games. And I think that was given away for free back in November, according to this. So I, yeah, I think they were given away free a couple times, maybe. Yeah, I, I got a couple of options. Because uh, like I put those in the same vein as like I put them as cheaper versions of of Uncharted like it's the same gameplay Whoa. framework cheaper versions of kind of kind of okay rank I think them. people compare out of them, all the, I think out, people, of, out of all the two murders in Uncharted rank them Ryan in terms of what just overall your personal preference. Tomb Raiders and Uncharted. Well, no, here, well, hang on. Let me, let me. I was just gonna say, people compare them because they're both adventure Indiana Jones type stories. Yeah. But the gameplay itself is not overly similar. Yes, they're third person shooters, but I mean, you you get bows and stuff in Tomb Raider and and a, a wider variety of weapons and 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 things than you do in Uncharted. Okay. No. Am I wrong? I guess, I guess I I only played the first one like when it first came out, so. so people just think, oh, adventurer, and it's now in it's now all in the same category. I just they're... I just remember the gameplay being super similar. Like 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 I said, I put Alan Wake gameplay closer to to Tomb Raider and Uncharted than I do another survival horror game. Well, uh last I heard of of the next Tomb Raider game, I think they said they kind of wanted to bridge the gap between the older games and the uh, the rebooted series to kind of try to reconcile the story a bit. So I'm kind of interested to see what that means because in this rebooted version, they, they really kind of, you know, took Laura to her, like, to where she, like, wasn't at all a Tomb Raider. And they still haven't really gotten her back to the confident Laura Croft we see in the older games, right? She's still very much second guessing herself and running into issues and, and stuff like that. So I'm just wondering if they're going to bridge that gap as well or kind of keep her on this trajectory they have where she's a bit more of a uh, in shadow of the tumor. She's kind of like broken mentally and stuff. So um, I'll be interested to see where that goes. Matt, did you they... stopped playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. I did. Yeah. Um, just too samey to the first. And I also played the shit out of the first. And then I think I jumped into the second one, like, really soon after I beat the first one. 
And then it was it was just bad timing. Like it was just I, like I'm not doing this. I, I have a general I have a general rule with franchises of games is I I have to break them up. I can't I can't uh, go from one right into the other. I have to play something different. Like like my like my brother <clears throat> like my brother wants to play through all the gears with me, and I haven't told him this yet. And I know he's going to listen to this. So hey Jano, um, when we done when we're done Gears of War, I want to go play like a Resident Evil game before we go into Gears of War two. I want to like shuffle them in because. I don't. I don't want to play franchises back to back. They get boring because yeah. they like they're obviously they're all supposed the, they're to all be the same. the same. Yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be the same. But it's like I did Gears of War one, two, three, and holy fuck, was three a slog because of I, that. okay. So the other day on the PlayStation Store, I saw for like eleven dollars, eleven dollars. <throat> okay, you can get. Fuck! I got something in my throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Eleven dollars. You can get all three. Rockstar's Arkham games and all DLC campaigns for $11. <laughs> and that is a shit ton of Batman to put back to back. That's a like lot that is, of Batman. Like that is, that is a lot of fucking Batman to put back to back. And it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't, you couldn't pay me money to play that much Batman back to back. If somebody gave me a salary to do it, I wouldn't do it. I don't even think I did that much that type of cuz usually like I always think when when that type of stuff happens, I'm always like, "Oh, it's cuz I'm an adult and like I, you know, I want to have more engagement with my games and I'm not just so fascinated with the game." Whereas, you know, we would do the same Battlefield battle in Battlefront over and over and over again as kids. But really when I think of it, it's like I really didn't play Battlefront for example 1 and then right into Battlefront 2. And there was a lot of breaking up with other stuff. So like even that, you know what I mean? It's not it's not so much like an attention. Like the, my, my first instinct is that's like an attention span thing or like, oh, I grew out of it. But I never really did that. And so like now going through these series that have been running for fucking like a decade or more, it's it's it, it's a lot like doing doing all of Dying Light one and then going into Dying Light two. I would be losing my mind. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Much game, it's too much game. Like it's it's too much game. <laughs> it's too much game. Like it's just that's it. That's the whole like, that's the whole like, the whole explanation. Like okay, so like Matt, you you wouldn't even be able to give insight to this, but but like Ryan, imagine, imagine you like decided to do every Borderlands game, Ooh. every DLC pack, and every mission from every. Base game and DLC pack, it just in one continuous stretch. Yeah, like that's exhausting just thinking about it, right? Although, but the, there's people who play. I mean, we've been playing Fallout seventy six for like two years straight. You know, but it, but we're not we're not doing it back to back. Like we're we're playing Fallout, but now mm-hmm. we're like doing Fortnite. So yeah. This then, is like I only I mean? play Borderlands. You like, only like, play Borderlands, yeah. Like like if you 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 tackle you try to tackle one single player game at a time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if you just did Borderlands and the DLC and then immediately went into Borderlands 2 and the DLC and then Borderlands <laughs> pre-sequel and the DLC and then the Telltale Borderlands game, whatever it's called, and then Borderlands 3 and the DLC and then whatever this new one is called wonderlands like you imagine just going one after another every single mission of every single borderlands game like your eyes would bleed from that cell shaded graphics just going into your brain like isn't it funny though like that's how you, you we, we we feel about entertainment but it's like you kind of do that at work 
Yeah, it's fucked up. Every day you go and do the same thing and you don't yeah. really think about it. But it's like when you think about playing Borderlands back to back, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Borderlands in particular, I think it's it's it would uh, it would hurt. It would absolutely hurt. Is that franchise above most other ones? Like it's like <clears throat> GTA, maybe like you could because you have a lot of wiggle room and it's it's essentially just a it's a character in itself of pop culture and just American yeah. culture. So it's like okay, you can kind of you know you can kind of like explore and do what you want as you want, and then but it's like oh fuck, Borderlands or Batman. I, I don't know if I could do that. I would. I'm getting sick just thinking about it. Those Arkham games are big too. Like there's yeah. so much detail that you would just kind of like lose your mind. Yeah, and then if you wanted to throw the Origins one in there as well, that's a that's a tall drink of water. You know, I bet you you could do older games back to back. Oh, absolutely! Like, like play all the Mario games or something. Fuck yeah, you could. I think you could do that um, just because they're old and simplistic nature, but. Some of some of the Borderlands, I I I I'll play the the games in the series, but I'm not excited about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you want to play uh, really Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, I'll play it. I'll buy that game. Yeah, but I'm but not. I, but I want to. I want to do. Not, I want to do Borderlands Three DLC first because I because once I go forward to Wonderlands, I'm not coming back to Borderlands Three. Like I'm done with it. We should go back to back. We should just do the DLC and then Tiny <laughs> Tina's Wonderlands. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. Like Borderlands hits all the check marks, but it's just it's just visually exhausting. At a certain point, and I and like I think, and and I think I would like I need somebody with me to do oh yeah. it. Like Big I time. would not be able to do it on my own. Big time. Like I would have to be stoned out of my face if I had to just go through that. Individual. I think there's some game series that kind of started in the 360 era that that should have stayed there. Um, I kind of think Gears is one of them. Um, not that the last two games weren't good. I, I enjoyed them, you know, but there it's just like the whole feel of it feels stuck in that era. And uh, God of War got out of that because they, they kind of rebooted what God of War was. And I almost feel like Borderlands and, and Gears kind of need that fresh coat of paint and not just like a next gen update, but like, a, like an actual from the ground up rebuild the game. Yeah. Even even something that that are visual, something that's visually beautiful and changes the setting like there's only so much of that franchise you can take, and I'm going to I'm going to rag on Ubisoft again because of the the formulaic drop down menu <laughs> that they do. Is but can you imagine going through every single Assassin's Creed mission of every single game and uh, every DLC pack <laughs> in order? Holy fuck! It's like you would. Holy fuck! Yeah, they like even if you gave yourself breathing space in there and you know did the Chronicle series or watched the movie, like like you're still going to like. That that is the definition of insanity. He's just repeating the same thing over and over again. Just. <laughs> some people do. One thing I was going to ask is it like some people do buy like the Ezio collection. They just go through it, like no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering whether it's people that are more casual gamers and not super familiar with mechanics. Whereas like we, or at least I, have been playing games for so long, and I played a bunch as a kid where I started to understand mechanics kind of early because of my exposure to them. And maybe that's why even as a kid, I never I couldn't do like you know, let's, an example would be like AC one to write into AC two. I wonder if it's it's because we understand the mechanics, whereas if you're not really 
versed in mechanics. Like when you're running around in an AC game and you find a farmer that needs help, you you just think, oh, this farmer needs help. But to us, it's like, well, this fucker is going to give me like $10. It's not worth it. Because we're aware it's a side thing that's a filler. But someone who is, is new to an open world is completely unaware. There was a guy in college that was te- he loved watchdogs. And he was like, oh, it's awesome. Like, I get to run around and drive cars and shit. And I was like, yeah, like GTA. And he's like, I've never played GTA. This is the first open world city game I've ever played. And he was telling us about him, like, having crazy, like, cop chases with uh, car chases with um, firefighter fire um, a- engines that he stole and stuff like that. And I was like, we- we've been doing this for like 10 years, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's and like drive the driving games in Watch Dogs. It's like, that's the talk garbage. Like, that's the that's the worst one you could do. <laughs> it wasn't that bad but it wasn't all that good either because like there, there are some people to them a video game is just pushing the stick forward and hitting x slash square slash b or slash a or whatever on command and it's just like the the agency of just doing that over and over again is good enough for them and then and, and that's why like those people that just go to the store and buy game based on whatever the clerk tells them to buy or whatever is quote unquote hot that month. That's where stuff like Assassin's Creed or, you know, um, uh, God of War, like that's, that though that's where those games kind of fit in for that. It's just like, well, I'm going to go here and just buy what's new and I don't care what I'm doing. Just, I'm going to push this stick forward. I almost, I almost like, feel like I should be experiencing games like that sometimes where instead of looking for, I always try to min max everything, absolutely fucking everything I do, even in real life. Um, I I'll choose some things not to min max, but like anything that is numbers or this and that, I always try to min max it. And, and I, I do kind of miss the days of organically going through an experience and being like, Oh, like that farmer does need help, (laughs) you know? And then just helping and being like, Oh, thank you for the $30, sir. And running away, rather than me being like playing a Bethesda game, being like, "Is this a repeat quest? Like, is this a, is this a shitty little repeat quest?" Like, I would never question that in the past. I would just go go through and be like, "Oh, this person was kidnapped once again. Okay, I'll go save them again." You know, never never give it a second thought. I can remember a time when I loved every game I played, and now it's that's not the case. Yeah, I was I was about to ask. I go, do you guys can you guys remember when you last time you were wowed by a video game? Red Dead 2, yeah. Red Dead 2, oh. for sure. Okay, so I haven't played either one of those. I do plan on playing <laughs> Red Dead 2. The last game that I remember, I can honestly say that I was, like, wowed by it, by, like, just the step forward and the 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 ingenuity would probably be Grand Theft Auto 3 on the PlayStation 2. Not Breath of the Wild? Uh, no. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, amazing in its achievements of certain principles of of open world and adventure, but the last time like I was actually like wow, and I said this was a game changer in 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 video games was watching Grand Theft Auto. Like I remember where I was. I remember. I can tell you everything <laughs> about the room that I was in the first time that I remember playing Grand Theft Auto Three. I was at I was at a as a friend's house down the street in his bedroom and on a little shitty tube TV. And we were playing 
place uh, his place brand new place eight or his brand new copy of Grand Theft Auto three on PlayStation two, and I didn't have a PlayStation two at that point, uh, and. He like he like I remember him like unhooking his PlayStation and just like literally tossing it on his bed. Like he whipped it across. He's like, all right, let's get rid of this. And he like hooked up his PS2. I'm just like, what are you doing with that PlayStation? Why are you just gonna throw it? He's like, ah, it's a piece of garbage now. Let's get a PS2. And <laughs> I was like, I couldn't get enough of Grand Theft Auto 3. Like my jaw was like I was my jaw was dropped of how how awesome that game was. Yeah, you know what? Um I know people hate this game, but Perfect Dark Zero on 360, I was like amazed because I got 360 and I was amazed by the graphics at the time, which I don't even know if we're good for the time. But I remember like you'd kill somebody and their body would float. And I'm like, holy fuck, like there's fucking physics. And I remember like dual wielding (laughs) and being able to stealth or go in not stealth. And I don't even I don't even know if that was new in the gaming industry, if that was just new to me. But I I must have played perfect dark zero like at least 10 times like i must have beat that game at least 10 times it's just one of those things like it's it's like what when something hooks you it's like holy fuck like here we go all right next story here uh guardians of the galaxy dev says it's finding its audience after a slow start this is from video game chronicles uh, despite receiving highly positive reviews, it undershot uh, publisher Square Enix's sales expectations at launch. However, he also, uh, the president of Square Enix, also said in February that sales initiatives kicked off in late 2021 have resulted in growth, and the title has since attracted many more players after joining the uh, Xbox Game Pass in March. Um, so that's pretty impressive, actually. That uh, it's another like kind of sign that Game Pass is is um not only valuable for consumers but a viable option for games that may not have performed well at launch i'm glad to hear that that game has gone a second wind um i don't know that i will ever get around to playing it but if that's what it takes to get into the hands of more people i'm all for it i heard i heard it was i heard it compared rather to mass effect not in terms of its plot or anything like that, but in terms of making decisions, having conversations, making, you know, I guess, impactful choices, stuff like that. I don't know a lot about Mass Effect or Guardians, but that's kind of the the general synopsis I was given was that if you really like Mass Effect and you you like the Guardians of the Galaxy, you'll like this. Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> I don't know if there's that many meaningful decisions. There's a few decisions you do get to make, but it's not as in-depth as Mass Effect. I think it was just overall, it was a great story. Uh, it was incredibly well acted and it had a, a real sense of, of of the group that you're in and the different dynamics that the Guardians have. Um, it just kind of nailed all those things. And then the even the conversations and, and how uh, effortless the dialogue is delivered. Like it felt like, like, Uncharted has that feel with their dialogue. Um, they they match that kind of quality. So I think overall uh, it was just a, a good time. And it doesn't it doesn't harp on any of like the MCU stuff, right? Like they don't play into any sort of established character traits from that. Like it's his own. Standalone. I mean, they, I mean they're the same characters, right? So they have the similar base traits, but you can clearly tell they're different characters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Gamora is still standoffish to the group and and kind of 
you know, wants but it but it doesn't feel strong. like but it doesn't feel like they're they're trying to mimic Zoe Saldana or Chris Pratt or No, and uh, I think that the problem they had is this came right after Marvel's Avengers, Avengers from Square Enix and that really felt like they were doing kind of, you know, Times Square that, yeah. dress up as the Avengers. Um and this one felt like that when you when you first saw that first trailer, I had the same feeling, oh, here we go again. You know, they're just it feels like the same characters. But once you play the game there, you, you quickly lose that sense of the MCU, which is, a, I think, a good thing. Nice. Yeah, I don't know that I'll ever get around to playing that or Spider-Man or Avengers or even that <laughs> new Wolverine game. You only need one hit from some one one place, one source. Yep. Yep. I got my MCU. That's all I need. So. So uh, let's raise the question. What if they came out with an X-Men game? I know they're doing Wolverine. And there's no currently no X Men MCU. Would you play those? Would you be interested in those? Actually, do you even uh, like the X Men? Oh, I love the X Men. Fucking okay. Yeah, uh, I would more likely be interested in it, but it has to be like a it has to be so good and worthwhile for it to actually move its way up on my mental to playlist because there are things that I genuinely want to play. Um, so it's, let's put it this way. If, if there was a, a fantastic X-Men game in the, in the same style as guardians, that is probably going to be the more likely the one that I play. Mm. But even then it's still behind a lot of other things like red dead two and the tomb Raiders. I like what the, uh, senior creative director of, uh, guardians said, um, he said, it's like anything, uh, we always want to sell trillions, but it's not always necessarily as easy as that. <laughs> trillions. Oh, my God. I mean, sure. There's probably a part of you that, yeah, would love that. But anyway, uh, yeah, Game Pass seems like a good place for a second win for games. All right. Uh, last story. PlayStation president says more acquisitions are coming. This is from GameSpot. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment president Jim Ryan has promised that the company will continue to acquire more studios in the future following a big buying spree in 2021. Sony acquired five studios in 2021 and in 2022 so far. It announced uh, deals to buy Destiny 2 developer. Oh, sorry. And in 2022 so far, it announced deals to buy Destiny 2 developer Bungie and Jade Raymond's Haven Studios. And so this was on an appearance on the PlayStation podcast. Uh, Jim Ryan said that one of the ways PlayStation is growing its business is through buyouts. And fans can expect this to continue, saying, quote, we're growing through acquisition. We acquired five studios the course of 2021. We're in discussions with Bungie and we have more planned, end quote. I think this is obvious, though, right? Because we're kind of in this war now between, I don't want to say war, but it's obviously competition and, and with Xbox and they, they kind of need to lock in talent. It's kind of a talent war right now. Well, I actually have a question now, now that we have this PlayStation Spartacus or the new PlayStation Plus tiers um, versus uh, versus no, Game Pass. I'm Spartacus. Uh, damn it. Um, See what I did there? <laughs> I want to know whether if PlayStation acquires anyone... Should we expect those games on PlayStation Plus? Like, should we? Because when somebody or whether when someone is acquired by 
Xbox, we get the majority of their games. There's a few exceptions. I think the latest version of Skyrim, the anniversary edition or whatever, is it, it, maybe it is on there now, but when it launched, it wasn't, um, and it might still not be. I think that's still the case that you had to you had to buy the upgrade or something, something like that. But you can still play Skyrim. I mean, there's a million versions of it, so whatever. But um, so that might be just one of those things that was already in the works before they bought them, or maybe that's just, you know, some things won't make it to Game Pass. But in general, you're going to get, you know, this effectively like a collection, like a Bethesda collection. We're going to get Starfield Day 1 and stuff like that. I wonder if PlayStation's looking at acquisitions in the same way, where me personally, you know, as a not, like I'm not an insider, but it it looks like Xbox is buying stuff, like buying studios to, to add to the Game Pass library to add to its value. I wonder if PlayStation is looking to just add exclusives to the PlayStation and is not looking to enhance the new PlayStation Plus. I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. And that's that's probably not good, right? I don't know. So, you gotta remember, Sony's been doing pretty good these last couple of years, right? So, um, whether, whether sticking with your current plan is smart or not, I don't know. But I kind of feel like they've established themselves on their first party titles. And so kind of having the sense that they're exclusive, I think, is beneficial at this point. But if they're buying something, say, like Destiny 2, so they're buying yeah. Bungie, right? Effectively, they're buying Destiny 2, you know, with that. So they have the Destiny IP. And then then Bungie says, all right, you know, in a few years, we're going to release Destiny 3. Does Destiny 3 feel as PlayStation exclusive, as PlayStation first party, as like the God of Wars and this and that. I would personally say no. It's because they were purchased. Like, yeah. like like they are, they are like, like Bethesda still feels like Bethesda to me. I realize it's owned by Microsoft, but it doesn't feel like Microsoft. It's just, oh, oh like Bethesda owned by Microsoft, so I have it on Game Pass. Like that's the only thing I really think I, of. I, like it almost feels like it's a much more extravagant exclusivity deal. Yes, it's al- it's al- it's almost like a a exclu- exclusivity exclusive uh, exclusive bond that's been established. That's that's what the that's what the Blizzard and the Bethesda one feels like. Even yes, Blizzard, I agree. Even though Blizzard hasn't actually officially happened, it won't happen until probably July twenty twenty three. Um, that's what that feels like, and I agree that like having the exclusive of Destiny three on PlayStation would not feel as as well earned as an exclusive like God of War or Last of Us or Uncharted. What I'm curious is if PlayStation is going to play ball and put Destiny <laughs> on Xbox anyways. I think they said that Destiny 2 is going to stay on Xbox, did they not? No, I'm talking about a future entry, Destiny 3. Yeah, like if Destiny 3 gets made, <clears throat> yeah. You know, would it would well, it make its way there? Yeah, and, and you're talking about the Activision deal, and and they kind of said that, you know, a lot of Activision games are going to stay on Sony. I think you're right. They kind of just bought them to, to own them rather than to put them and pull them into the fold, right? Well, here, here's a here's a question too. So it's like you remember how for years and years, you know, COD's been releasing for a number of years. It gets really big, and then Microsoft had that sort of exclusive DLC deal or something where they got the DLC first. Yeah. It was sort of like CODs, you know, or Xbox is the place to play COD. Like, it's the best place. But you can still play it everywhere else. You know, PC, Xbox, wherever else it was released. Or PlayStation, wherever else yeah. it was released. 
Then PlayStation got the same deal. You know, the deal with Microsoft expired and PlayStation gets the same deal. Hey, you know, play, kind of like PlayStation's the best place to play COD. Yeah. Come play COD. So, <laughs> yeah. so like hypothetically, if this Activision Blizzard deal goes down and we get Call of Duty, including the single pair campaigns and all that, including Warzone, which is free to play anyway, into Game Pass. Okay. We get the full Call of Duty experience, campaigns and, and Warframe and, and Warzone. Um, is there, how would you say this? Like, is there a reason? for you to go and play it on PlayStation. Like you can, you know what I mean? But it's like, you're, you're, if you're a person that plays COD religiously, you're not going to buy a PlayStation anymore. And you're just going to have the Xbox subscription and you're going to have your full COD experience. And that's what's, that's what's being offered here. So like now just take that as one large example, PlayStation, assuming that they don't buy these exclusive, you know, games and series and stuff like this in studios, and they don't do this day one stuff, or even just launch Windows stuff with their new PlayStation Plus, it's sort of like, do I think that they're in trouble financially? No, but I do think that it makes PlayStation, the new PlayStation Plus look really stupid. Like, I don't think it looks good. Like, oh, come play all these older games. It's like, why the fuck would I pay $15, whatever, a month? Like, what you know, where's your... If they buy well, EA, it's like, where's all my Maddens? Like, like, pl- well, Ma- like you, know, you know what I mean? Like, Madden would be a big one. You buy, not, you buy EA, you get Madden, you pay for PlayStation Plus, whatever it is, PlayStation Plus Plus, whatever the fuck it is. You get all the Maddens for all time, forever, that's it. And now you're a PlayStation gamer, period. You know? I think... I don't, I, well, it's a big selling feature of Game Pass that they have, have the day one stuff on there. But a lot of what we're playing is, or what you can play is third party stuff, right? Certainly. And, and so that's, that that is going to be the case on this new PlayStation Plus, where there's going to be a lot of, you know, old and, and recent games on there. And they're going to update it just like Game Pass does with, with new titles and whatever else, right? So I mean, I think there is value there if you if you only have a PlayStation. I think a lot of people do have just one console. Yeah, and that's what I mean by I don't think that they're going to be in trouble or anything like that. I don't think like COD won't sell it all on PlayStation. I'm not saying that, but like COD is like one of those games that have a huge community. By having Xbox effectively steal them away, yes, you can play it on PlayStation. But if you're a massive COD player and you have like you know, that, that that's your multiplayer game. I would assume, and it, everyone's different, so maybe they have a bigger community on PlayStation, but I would assume that your little community of players, if you're all, if you're playing a bunch of COD players, would be like, well, let's just buy a, a, an Xbox and let's just buy Game Pass, then we get all these CODs forever. You know, it's and then there's probably going to be Game Pass perks for COD and, and this and that. It's like, why would you go to the PlayStation side of things where, assuming you're buying the campaign and the individual multiplayers, you know, you you're paying ninety plus dollars Canadian a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't it just doesn't quite compute because obviously the COD players would probably benefit from trying some other, like you're saying, third party p- titles and stuff. Like the value propositions there. That's just, that's all I'm kind of saying. Like, I, like of course it's going to sell you know tons of copies on PlayStation. That COD still is, but it's like if you're a huge sports fan and PlayStation buys. PlayStation buys um, EA and you get your FIFA and your Madden and your whatever, like all the rest of it. 
It's like, are you really going to buy an Xbox and then be like, I'm a huge sports player. I'm just going to buy FIFA every year instead. Or are you going to pay the $15, get your FIFA and whatever, and then be able to dabble in other games for a significantly better price? I assuming think, that it was, they are added, you know, day one. I, I, I think it would only be, that's only the case for new buyers or when the generation switches over. If you, oh, if that's you're, a good if you're, point. Yeah. If you're a major Call of Duty player and you have a PlayStation currently, and Call of Duties are still going to come out on PlayStation. You're not going to run out and buy an Xbox just for Call yeah. of Duty because you already have the console. That's a fair um, point. Yeah, but it's definitely, I think, an issue if for for new players who who are COD players, um, or or whenever the next gen consoles come out. So you're, I think, you're locked in until that happens. Or even if, on the PC if, side, if you can only afford one console, you know. Yeah, but like on PC side, I guess you could flip really quick. I mean, not that you'd switch between PlayStation, whatever, but like your launcher would change very quickly. Yeah. You know, and so if like playing Madden is totally serviceable and fine by streaming it via PS Now or the new PlayStation Plus, maybe it just makes sense for you to go that route. Yeah. And you can just, oh, it's just booting up software at that point. It's still the same computer. Do it the Adriana way. Just go mm-hmm. all PC. Yeah. I uh, how long have you had your PC? Me? Like with this current configuration, like that twenty seventy. Uh, ten seventy. Ten seventy, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a ten seventy Ti. Ten seventy Ti, it is, yeah. <laughs> um, ten seventy Ti. Ti fighter. Um, I don't remember. I'm just trying to figure time. out five so or like, six years. Let's say let's say your average computer cost in Canada is like two thousand dollars for like a decent computer, right? Um, how long does that last you before you physically have to start upgrading it? Is it longer than a console life cycle? Uh, I am the wrong person to ask that. Well, I'm just throwing this out there as as like a question because. If you had to buy a $600 console every six years, is that still cheaper and more affordable? Probably. Than a PC. Probably. My my <laughs> my thing though with my thing though with the consoles is it's not just $600 every six to eight years. It's $600 plus your PlayStation Plus and your uh, or plus your Xbox Live Gold. That's right. that's what the biggest problem is because like, but that's just another a, basically another hundred dollars on top every year though. Exactly, like like it, you're essentially buying another console in that span just to be able to play online, and that's where that that's where that falls apart for me. Like like I've I've it's no secret I've I've touted it here many times. Like as soon as I can get off PlayStation Plus, I'm getting off PlayStation Plus. Like I hate yeah. the idea of having to pay to play online when PC gaming for the last 35 years has been free to play online. Uh, besides, you know, specific games that have to run private servers. Um, I can see a, a subscription service coming to PC though. Yeah, I, like someone, money on the table. Someone has to pay for I, those servers. Someone I has to pay for those. I seriously fucking doubt it. I honestly cannot see. You're talking about a shit ton of players worldwide. You're talking about like groups of people of every walk of life sitting in cafes in 
in first world, third world <laughs> countries around the world playing PC gaming, going back to like early Diablo days, and you have to go to them and say, you have to now pay to play online, a generic fee. I seriously maybe, doubt that's. I seriously doubt that's going to fly. Maybe not with like Steam games or something, but I can see the the Game Pass saying, "Yeah, oh. yeah," which is which. And is, you're probably you're probably paying for the service within Game Pass, actually. Which is which is fine if they if they want to if they want to hide it within the the cost of licensing those games. That's fine. I get that. But like, I think it would be nail in the coffin if Xbox went to PC players and said, "We need you to pay for a service online." Like, they're already fighting against. Like, even their subscription service is already fighting against Steam's user base. Yeah. Like, there's people who swear off every other client to begin with and will only play stuff in Steam. Stuff that goes exclusive to somewhere else, they don't even touch because it's not in Steam. They like it would be a nail in the coffin for Epic or Xbox or anyone else to say you have to pay us a subscription to play online. And there's a lot of piracy, so yeah, I wonder but, if that would like um, you want to keep the cost as low as possible on PC to to exactly. lower the idea of pir- pirating a game. Yeah, like I cannot see, I cannot see a subscription fee going on PC in any capacity for the foreseeable future. There are a lot of games on Steam. Namely, indie ones from my experience where you do and well, I was gonna say Ark, but I guess Ark is kind of an indie game or was or I don't know. It's kind of big now, but um, where you have to host the server and it'll actually come with like a a separate thing where it's like, you know, boot up server here and you can boot up a server actually on a server computer, like a separate computer, or you can boot it up just on your computer and, you know, host a server. And so like they're mitigating a lot of the cost. Because the servers oftentimes are more or less peer to peer, it'd be like I host it and you guys join me, you know. Right. Um, so it's like based upon my internet connection. It's the same with uh, Minecraft. But for example, Adriano, if you want to do a Minecraft server that's always running, where I don't have to have it, I don't have to like say run an appliance, so run a server, or I don't have to do whatever. You can pay for what's it called, Minecraft Realms or something, where you can pay for that, and then that'll keep a server running at all times, and we can jump in and out of it. Yeah, and, and and there are going to be specific use cases where you have to pay a separate... Like Final Fantasy fourteen online, I think you pay per month, right? Oh, like yeah, that's, that, that's like an MMO or something. Yeah, right, M- MMOs, and there are certain certain benchmark titles which can break that barrier and, and keep their people there. But, like, I can't... You're talking about a massive worldwide... Like I, what is I wonder what the current Steam numbers are of just users online right now around the world. Like what is that? What is that insane number of Steam users on right now? If we if that is even Googleable, I think it is. I think that Steam yeah. charge thing does it exactly. Like can you can you imagine trying to like trying to persuade those people to get off that platform to go over to to a much inferior platform of Xbox and say, hey, pay us a fee to play this selection of games. You know what? You know what? It's a a laughable joke. Like let's, let's hypothetically say steam did it. Like let's just say steam is the one that said, Hey, there's a steam gold. Um, that would more than likely be steam would get into the hosting game. And then games would just like how Minecraft did it or does it where, you know, if you want to, you can pay to have a server up. Same with the battlefield. You can rent a server from a provider, this and that, and then keep it up. Or you can just use, you know, your peer to peer, um, or you can use 
like stuff like that, like that kind of makes sense. So if it's like if it was Steam Gold, for example, and let's say we made a game, um, our game would be like, oh, let's uh, let's get our dedicated servers, not from AWS or Azure or fucking whoever. Let's get it from Steam. And then it would be like an easy to use thing that would probably be cheaper for us. And then Steam would kind of pass that cost along to the consumer. You know, it 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 probably, you know, like you're like I think you're right in terms of on mass all the games are are not going to do that. Like it's not going to be like that. But I could see in the future there being a service offered by one of these launchers to expand their revenue streams, where some of these games are like, oh, do you want to play on your own server which you host, or do you want to play on a dedicated server that you rent for somewhere else, or do you want to do Steam Gold? Listen, I I can if that ever happens. What I will say is. There's no scenario where Steam would block online play in any one of those. Studios. No, I agree with that. That's, I don't think they're going to block it. I think that it's an option. The, yeah, that is like the breaking point there. Like no matter what, you're never going to say you have to pay us a fee to play online. There's just online PC gaming just has a much longer historic presence than console gaming than that. I don't think you could get away with it. So I wouldn't to, be surprised if it happened though. Yeah. So to, to answer your question, like to me, a 600, like I, like I paid almost $800 for the PlayStation five, uh, after Canadian after tax is what I paid for. I'm not paying $800. I'm paying $800 plus whatever PS plus is per year. Right. That's, right. that's what I'm paying. And, um, we'll have to crunch the numbers here. What is P what is PS plus? Uh, isn't it sixty nine ninety nine a year Canadian? Yeah. Do do we pay tax on that? Yeah, yeah we do now. Times one point one three, times eight, plus six seventy one is what I pay for the PlayStation. Like, like just putting that together, you're paying thirteen hundred dollars if you were to do eight years of PlayStation Plus plus a PS five at launch. At launch, like I, I roughly calculated around thirteen hundred bucks. Like that's I a think- shit. That's a shit ton of money. And I think there's a way to uh, see what like what the average graphics card that, that gamers on Steam have. And it's not the top of the line newest cards. It's it's very older, you know, cards. Oh, on yeah, there. no, it definitely, so I think uh, definitely people keep their PCs around for quite a fuck, long time. Fuck. When I when when I got my 1070, I was talking to somebody who's playing Overwatch on PC and he's like, "Oh, you're playing over." <laughs> so you're playing Overwatch on a ten, on a ten seventy. I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm I'm playing it on a four eighty on a GTX four eighty." <laughs> I go, "What the fuck do you have it set to?" He's like, "Low. Everything's low." He's like, "There there are parts of that game that I've never seen. Like, there's just certain oh. details and aspects I I don't know what's happening." Damn. Thank so it's like you, esports game. So yeah, it, it's like it's you have people easier. you have people who are just using it for functionality not even for cosmetics it's just yeah. to to get something to run so all right that's all we got for you this week thanks for listening uh we stream on the uh twitch.tv slash day one patch media uh wednesdays 8 30 eastern see ya how many how many games did adriano buy oh right so i haven't gone through so i, I listed seven categories Okay. One one of the uh, one for every major Nintendo generation minus GameCube because you can't buy GameCube games. Okay. I haven't gotten through the Nintendo Entertainment one yet. I'm about halfway. I've bought six games. We were supposed to guess. Oh right. Well, I, I was literally games. about to say seven though, so I yeah. was 
I was going to say 13. By, by prices right rules. I, I may I may very well get up to 13 because there are some that I skipped while going through the initial list, but I may go back and buy. Because like, here's the thing. I saw the Mega Man. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll buy Mega Man. But then I'm buying Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3 <laughs> and Mega Man 4 and everything going right up to like X and X2 and everything like that. So are, are GBA, GBA and shit on there? Yep. You have. These are these are the categories in which you can buy. Uh, Wii U digital like stuff. Like so proper Wii U pr- stuff. Then you can buy NES, Super NES, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo 64, Nintendo DS, and Wii U. You can't buy GameCube or 3DS stuff on here. Is Mega Man from the GBA on there? Oh, I prom- uh, I promise you it is. Let's take a look. That- that's why I like this virtual console better than what they're offering on the Switch. That's why I want to buy everything here. Because I can also just buy the things I want and not have to pay Nintendo a constant fee to have to play that shit. Okay. Alphabetical. Next page. Uh, which Mega Man specifically? There's a lot here. I feel like it's called DX. Okay. Mega Man and Base. Mega Man Battle Chip Challenge. Mega Man Battle Network. Mega, Mega Man. Mega, Mega Man Battle Network 2. So we got four games. Mega Man Battle Network 3 Blue. Mega Man Battle Network 3 White. Mega Man Battle 4 Blue Moon. Mega Man Battle 4 Red Sun. Mega Man BN5 Colonel. Mega Man BN5 Proto Man. Mega Man BN6 Fal... Falzar? I don't even know how to pronounce that. Mega Man Battle 6 Gregar. Mega Man Zero. And then let me change pages because it got to the bottom. Oh uh, my Mega God. Man- how many Mega Mans? <laughs> Mega Man Zero 3. Mega Man Zero 4. Mega Man Zero 2. And that's it for the Game Boy Advance versions. <laughs> Jesus. So if I bought every single one of those, which I'm not, because that's insane, that those are eight bucks a piece. Well, I might might just buy Battle Network. You're gonna fire up your your. Uh, Is it only on Wii U? I just realized when I said uh, that. You you can check. I you can check the. I don't know if the 3DS has a Game Boy Advance emulator. I feel like it should. I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it should, but it just might not. Yeah. Because I do my 2DS XL. Oh, yeah, you, you should you should just fire up that e-store, that e-shop, and see if you want. If there's anything you want to buy just from that that e-shop. So, mm, that's pretty well, good. Uh, All we'll, right. continue, we'll continue next week. I'll buy more as uh, as. Well. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys. Purr.